The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Affairs has for a long time been under fire for inefficiencies, corruption, you name it. But they have, of course, turned that tide. And in the past few years, we've seen various policy interventions as well as new systems being introduced by the department in an attempt to improve services. Minister Manusiki Gaba, thank you so much for coming through this morning. Thank you very much, Sakina. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad you're still smiling. I'm always smiling, Minister, (laughs) always smiling. And, uh, of course, I just want to remind our listeners at this point, I think a couple of months ago we had um, uh, Mr. Apleni in studio and he fielded various questions relating to home affairs and we promised we would bring home affairs back and this is that promise that we are keeping this morning. Uh, Minister Kikaba, of course, volunteered to come and speak to you himself this morning. So the lines are open 0891-104-208 and of course uh, you can SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. So Minister, first off, you know, before the listeners start coming in, uh, maybe we can just look at uh, some of the more recent announcements that were made by yourself as a department. Now, um, there's lots to talk about, of course. There's uh, the travel advisories, that's that dreaded unabridged birth certificate. So much to talk about, but let's start with the announcement that you made last week. um, We're hard at work. Um, We're doing a a number of things. Um, I think um you know both at at civic service with regard to the registration of south africans the management of the national population register as well as um, at immigration uh, well not only immigration but migration because quite often we we think of um when we think of uh, migration we we think people are coming to south africa we neglect the fact that South Africa is also going to the world and South Africans are traveling abroad. So we, we need to try and balance all of these things. And, and in everything we do, bear in mind that our, our duty as home affairs is to um, uh, uh, provide critical services that enhance the national security of our nation, of our state. And and so we play that critical role at the center of um, um, uh, of, of national security. And and so the documents that we give South Africans are, are not just for their own sake. It's not to fill up your purse if you have a smart ID card or I- increase your 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 filing cabinet if you still have a green barcoded uh, document. It it is to ensure that we can identify you. You exist in the National Population Register so that you can access government services, so that you can exercise your rights, um, and, and, and so that we can protect you. We know who you are. And, and that applies not only to South Africans, but also to visitors, guests in, 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 in our country. Mm-hmm. And that's why all of these uh, uh, programs that we keep announcing around the, uh, the need to travel uh, when you travel with a child for, for you to have an unabridged birth certificate for this child uh, we want to protect the child it's not to inconvenience you but I think every parent must accept inconvenience if it's going to protect your child Mm. And and then speaking of this unabridged uh, birth certificate, I see uh, if I've understood correctly that the department will henceforth only be issuing the unabridged version. 
from for the of all for all those children born for, born in March 20 from March 2013 we now issue them with an abridged birth certificate as the very first birth certificate when they when the child is born on the spot but what we are doing now we we are converting all the abridged birth certificates into unabridged birth certificates so but when when this um, requirement kicks in on the 1st of june 2015 we 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 hope that uh, we will have converted all of those especially starting with those uh, for children that already have passports for for children whose parents have applied for for their passports um so for for those which should amount to just over 1.7 million we are converting their abridged birth certificates into unabridged birth certificates so in the future we will just be issuing an unabridged birth certificate because there, there is no need but it will happen probably by 2018 or so that we will include the details of the parents on the passport of the child so we are working around all of those issues right now um and and so the the child passport mm. is certainly going to change because there are countries that already like india that already include the parents details on the on the passport of the child and and we want to do the same thing as well because the critical thing is to be able to identify this child and and to know for as for certainty that um, the child is who it is claimed they are and the people traveling with this child um uh, uh, have a relationship with this child that can be confirmed in law mm. and um of course many people were angry at you uh because you've announced that uh, the requirements for that unabridged birth certificate is now on hold until the 1st of June uh 2015 um, maybe you want to speak to those people who said that they spent time, energy, money on acquiring this unabridged birth certificate and now it's on hold. We, we, we appreciate the anger uh, and, and I'm glad that there were, they were, they were people who were that angry because there were others also who were angry at the fact that we were facing the 1st of October uh, and, and this requirement was going to kick in. As we had said when we announced these regulations in May this year, we were, go- we, 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 were going to, we were still open to discussions with various stakeholders. And I think that the Minister of Tourism, as well as the tourism sector, made an impatient plea. Uh, the, the tourism, the travel agencies, the aviation sector, made an impatient plea that uh, we, we, we delay a bit to enable them to communicate with their stakeholders and clients so that they know exactly what requirements are required. And, and so, yes, uh, f- for the people who had uh, gone to the queues, they will still need those unabridged birth certificates. So it's not that by delaying to the 1st of June next year, um, come the 1st of June, you will no longer need, you will still need. There is one thing I must make very clear. We are going to implement this requirement. We are not going to change mm. from it. It is our duty to protect children. But... It, 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 we, we are accommodating those um, that, that requested more time and, and appreciate the, the inconvenience suffered by those who had applied and those who still have to apply. Because as I'm saying, the, the, the traveling with a child only using the child's passport is a thing of the past. From the 1st of June next year, you are going to need an unabridged birth certificate and therefore 
there will be that inconvenience of having to come to home affairs and apply for an unabridged birth certificate. Tokozani Mkize on Twitter wants to know, can the minister explain abridged and unabridged birth certificates? Because personally, I don't know the difference, he says. The the abridged birth certificate um, doesn't contain the full details of the, particularly of the parentage of the child. Uh, and and um, it's usually used for for various domestic um, services uh, if you want to apply for um, child support grants and, and other such services. We, we issue it um, as an abridged certificate because it's uh, much quicker to, to issue, or it was much quicker to issue. So what would happen is that if, if a child is born and the parents register their, the, the, this child as theirs, the, the, the abridged certificate would simply tell us who this child is. Um, and, and I think uh, beginning around 2010, we started in, in issuing a, a, a birth certificate which contained the details of the mother of the child in order to try and keep uh, uh, corruption uh, and fraud surrounding the uh, social services, the child support grants. Mm-hmm. But the unabridged birth certificate then contains fuller details of the parentage of this child and, 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 and tells us a bit more about who the child is. We then go back to the files of the parents because when a, a, a mother registers the child for birth, they usually include who the mother is, who the father is. And so we go to retrieve the files of those, of those parents, add, add this child onto their files, and add the parents onto the, on, onto the file of the child. It begins to establish a family tree in, 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 in a way. It's, it's a very detailed um, a, a, a certificate which tells us more about the child. My mind is running wild, Minister. I'm just thinking of mothers saying that Malusi Kikaba is the father of my child and there it is in black and white and Malusi comes and he disputes that he is indeed the father of the child. Ooh, story for another day altogether. But we, face, <laughs> we face those uh, cases. Um, I can, we just, face I those can only cases. imagine. Uh, but I, I think um, we, we rely also on the courts of law to resolve those issues because it's not for home affairs to say you are the father of the child or mm. you are not the father of the child. You take the mother's word for that. We take the mother's word for it. Okay. And then just very quickly before I go to the lines, uh, Minister, and we'll come to other issues as we move along, the discontinuation of temporary passports. Now, this happened, uh, it yes. stopped on the 1st of September this year. You know, m- most countries in the world, including here on our own continent, no longer accept a temporary passport because it, it usually doesn't contain enough security features. I think we, we live in a world where travel is no longer just about travel. It also contains a lot of security concerns. I think post-September um, uh, 2011, a, a whole has changed in terms of um, travel internationally. And many countries are very concerned about who is coming to their country, how they are traveling, can their uh, documents, their travel documents be be verified, um, are they who they claim to be. And so many countries have begun to reject the the temporary passport, including on our continent. I think about two or so countries in Africa, in SADC particularly, still accept it. But we believe that because we can issue... 
um, a, a, a full passport, proper passport now, between four to seven days. There's no need to apply for a temporary passport. I think what we encourage people to do, um, the, the, the process of applying for the smart ID card and the passport has become absolutely automated. And, and it, it's a pleasure. To, to, to actually apply for those documents. They are very quick to obtain. And so we're encouraging people, whether they know that they will travel or not, mm. to actually come forward and apply for their passports. Just keep it in your possession because you might think you will never travel and then find yourself having to travel for one good reason or, or, or the other. Mm, absolutely. Um, Minister Gigaba in our studios this morning, we're talking about issues relating to home affairs. Uh, taking your questions on 891 Let's go to the lines. Previous, you calling us from Porch. Good morning. Good morning, Satyan, and good morning to the Honorable Minister. Yes, my name is Previous. I'm calling from Porchestrom. Y- yes, name Previous. Is... Previous. Yes, it's Previous. As in before. Yes, as in before, yes. Okay, Go on, um, Yes, I applied on the 20th of December 2010 for the then DZP permit. Um, when I applied, I went to Plexstop. I applied in Plexstop, and my data was never captured. Each and every time I went back there, they said the data is never captured. Um, so my, my, my question is, am I eligible to apply in this new system or not? And after... Uh, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, eligible to apply in this new system, I want to say now that my days which have been issued on the on the board have since expired because by then you were allowed to use the receipt only, even if when you're crossing, even if your days were expired, you could use the receipt and they could just extend your days. But I mean, since then I didn't uh, I didn't go to the border to, to extend my days. I'm not going to be deemed undesirable due to this uh, new law that has been put in place. Okay, previous, I suggest you hold on. Just stay on the line uh, in case Minister has more follow-up questions for you. Minister? Thank you very much, previous. There's a number of people who, who, who make the same claim as previous. Now, what concerns me is, if you applied in 2010, why have you waited until 2014 to tell us that you didn't receive your, 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 your visa, your permit then? Um, and, and so, you know, in that case, we cannot help you. You, you, you were supposed to have um, uh, come forward, gone to uh, Home Affairs to, to inquire about your, your application, failing which to contact. There are many. Uh, stakeholder organizations for Zimbabweans that we are working with, they they would have also assisted in that case. Uh, there are many people who make um, uh, the same claim when in actual fact their applications were um, in actual fact re- rejected in 2010 when they applied. And, and so if you fall among those whose application was rejected or who you never applied in 2010, you, you are not in possession of a what we call the DZP, the Dispensation for Zimbabweans Permit. You are not eligible to apply for the new permit. It only applies to the 245,000 Zimbabweans in South Africa who are in possession of the DZP. So his final question was, does that make him now an undesirable person? It, it, it's going to, because the... the um, 
the the 90 day visa waiver which is visa exemption which he holds as he says it has expired now if the if the immigration officers or the police come across him they are going to take him and deport him and upon deportation he will be declared an undesirable because the 90 day visa exemption is only applicable for 90 days in a calendar year so it means that in 365 days in a year any Sadek national is entitled or can come to South Africa for 90 days without requiring a visa. But that is 90 days out of 365. It's not 90 days um, consecutive so that when your 90 days expire, you go to the port of entry, come back and get a new 90 days. No, it's only 90 days in a calendar year. When he is deported, he will be declared an undesirable. Uh, staying on the Zimbabwean matter, uh, Tonga Sai uh, sends an SMS and asks, could the minister explain whether Zimbabweans must still go to the police for fingerprints? Yes, um, yes, uh, Tonga Sai, you, you, you need to. When, when from the 1st of October, which was last week, the, the online applications for the new Zimbabwean special permit applications opened. And um, when, when you apply you will then be responded to and given a date for an interview at which date you must also bring your 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 police clearance which would have been a a printout uh, based on your fingerprints reading by the SAPS we are working with the police for those who are encountering challenges we we have been assured by the police services that um, um, their systems are in order and, and the service is fully functional. And, and, and we have committed that uh, in case there are any challenges, we are at hand to, to assist. So, yes, we, we do need a police record. Stephen and Sherry out in Cape Town, Nevin in Durban, Emmanuel in Rustenburg and everybody else. I don't want to take your questions because we're coming up to news time. So just hold on and uh, we'll come back to those uh, because I would like for the minister to hear the questions and try to respond to them almost immediately. And uh, also just a request to everybody sending SMSs, especially where you are looking for, um, you know, the minister or his office to follow up on something. Please, if you can include your details, because then I can pass it over to them and it's easier to get back uh, in touch with you in that regard. So uh, I'd request for you to send those with your full details attached. Right now, though, 8.30, time for news headlines with Vabaksmith Chetty. Thank you, SK. Good morning. Murder accused Shrian Diwani has arrived at the Western Cape High Court for the start of his trial later this morning. And here's a wrap of this morning's top stories. The trial of two people accused of killing a man and leaving his body in the boot of a vehicle will begin in the High Court in Johannesburg this morning. Jean-Pierre Milan and his girlfriend Marushka Robinson face murder charges after Dunstan Blom's decomposing body was found in the boot of his vehicle in the parking lot at Monte Cassino in September last year. Five people have been killed in an accident in Boxburg. The accident occurred just before midnight last night on Commissioner Road going out of the Boxburg CBD.
Speculation is rife that President Jacob Zuma may announce a successor to outgoing Reserve Bank Governor Jill Marcus. The president, accompanied by Finance Minister Nene, will hold a special media briefing at the union buildings this morning. And civil servants in Hong Kong have returned to work at the government's headquarters as pro-democracy protests, which have paralyzed the area for more than a week, subside. That's how it's looking for now. I'll be back with a full news update at 9. Traffic on SAFM. Just start with a warning for anyone driving into Pretoria from Colbane Valley. Very heavy on Pretoria Street this morning, passing the Botanic Gardens and uh, working into Hatfield down towards Stansable Puppy. All heavy. The N4 seems to be moving okay, but uh, that section of uh, Pretoria Street inbound, uh, very slow. A couple of crash scenes on the N1. It's been a busy morning between Pretoria and Joburg today. Uh, crashes currently at Samrand and at McClue Interchange. Expected delay uh, at uh, both of those locations. The old Joburg Road remains heavy from Centurion uh, coming down into Midrand as well. Motorists have been uh, pouring off the highway in big numbers and just blocking that road up as well. No lights on Main and Culross in Bryanston, so very slow coming down from Kyle Army side through Lone Hill in towards the Bryanston area. And Durban, uh, this earlier crash on the M4 inbound. It's the southern freeway just by the Esplanade off-ramp. Still a very heavy backlog of traffic coming in from uh, the Clarewood and Jacobs area. N2 north, heavy to Umgeni going through Spaghetti Junction southbound, coming down to Umgeni, slow moving as well. And there's just been a couple of trucks have collided out in the Free State area, the N5 between Paul Rue and Senegal. Expect some delays. That uh, collision scene right across that section of the N5. Rob Byrne, AM Live, Traffic Watch. Time to touch base with our resident globetrotter this morning, Rowena Bird, coming from Gallagher State today. I would hardly call myself that. <laughs> I'm just next door. But thank you very much and good morning too. And yes, you're right. Uh, today Morning Talk is broadcasting live from Gallagher State in Midrand. And we're here for the 64th Association of Municipal Electricity Utilities Convention. It's being hosted by the City of Johannesburg in conjunction with City Power and uh, it's going to be attended by various government departments together with parastatal, commercial, academic and other organizations that actually have a direct interest in the electricity supply industry in Southern Africa. And the theme for this meeting is moving towards Southern Africa's electricity networks of the future. Obviously we're going to speak to all the relevant authorities present here today. We're also speaking to somebody from the Department of Energy Affairs to talk about the state of energy in South Africa and Corporative Governance and Traditional Affairs Deputy Minister Mr. Andres Nal will also join us to talk about government's back-to-basic strategy that really seeks to restore the public's confidence in service delivery. We are uh, towards the end of the program in the final hour going to highlight one of the biggest issues which we face in South Africa today and that is that of cable theft in the country and after the 10.30 news headlines, we'll have psychological matters with Hanan Bushkin. And the focus today will be on overcoming depression. And that's the show for today. Thank you very much, Sakina. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks for tuning in to the Forum at 8. It's 26 minutes before 9 and we're in conversation with uh, the Minister of Home Affairs this morning, Malusi Gikaba. And there's so much to talk about, but of course, I think most importantly would be to try and get some answers to the problems that you are currently facing. The lines are open 0891-104-208 and you can also SMS us on 34701. As I said, if you could please attach as much detail to your SMSs as possible, especially if you are looking for uh, the ministry to follow up on your query. Uh, let's go back to the lines now. Uh, we've got uh, Stephen in Seapoint. Stephen, thanks for holding. 
Yeah, good morning. It's a pleasure. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to the Minister. Um, Minister, I got married um, five years ago, and uh, until now, I still do not have my marriage certificate because the Department of Home Affairs has me married to another woman. I've been up and down to various Home Affairs offices, and I provided them with affidavits. I traced this woman. She gave me a marriage certificate which clearly shows that she's married to somebody else. But up until now, my life is in limbo, totally, totally in limbo. So I really don't know what to do, Minister, and I'd like you to give me guidance. Okay, Stephen, just hold on. Minister? No, I, I must apologize, uh, Stephen, for, for that inconvenience. Now, that's, that's real inconvenience. Mm. And, you know, this used to be very, very prevalent in the past. And we have um, dealt with it. And, and this is a problem that goes back, I think, um, yes, five years ago or so. I would like to um, get your contact details so that we, we, we can help you. I, I promise you we are going to help you out with this. All right. Stephen, I'm going to put you back to the production team. They're going to take your details, and then uh, Minister will follow up on that. And please, Stephen, also just let us know when the issue is resolved. Let's go to uh, Ian in Clarksdorp. Good morning. Uh, good morning, and good morning to the Minister. I'd just like to uh, congratulate the Clarksdorp uh, on the Ah, I got married there. And then a while later, my wife had to go change her, change her ID, and obviously she applied for a smart card. She spent only 20 minutes in that process. We went to on Saturday, half an hour later, smart ID card, really efficient service. And I must thank the minister for uh, sorting that out. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Ian. And um, equally important to give the bouquets where they needed to be given because it's very easy to complain all the time. So, um, Minister, I'm sure you're happy to hear that. We are happy to hear that. At the present moment, I'm undertaking a a national um, tour to to all our provinces to engage with our our staff around uh, three critical issues. One is um, leadership which I think we, we need it a plenty in, in our offices. Secondly, it's around professionalism, so that there could be many people such as Ian who, 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 who commend us. You know, many of our offices are in bad shape. You go to a, an office like Ranpek, you go to offices um, even in, um, in, in Pumalanga, which are in very bad shape. But I say the, 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 the bad the, the bad shape of the office will be mitigated by the good experience of the client when they interact with our officials. And, and so we, we need to improve on that and we're working on it. And, and, and the third issue that I'm engaging them on is just client experience, service delivery, that, uh, you know, that, that, that we need to provide. And so we, we are happy to hear um, uh, your comments, Mr. Ian, and 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 um, I still am coming to to the northwest to discuss with them around these issues. I've been meeting with the provincial managers. I've met with our district managers. 
talking to them about these issues and and so i hope that over the next five years we're going to do a whole lot more to improve Mm. this uh, situation and just to echo that sentiment max naidu on twitter says i want to commend home affairs for the last five years we've had exemplary service and he was gushing about the service at i think it was the randberg home affairs office not so long ago uh let's go back to the lines uh emmanuel in rustenburg good morning hi good morning sakina how are you well and you I'm good. Please, you know that I want to ask the minister. I'm a refugee. I'm living in this country more than 12 years. And what is happening that I can't, I don't have a right to, I've got a refugee status. And in that status, I can't open the bank, bank account. I can't do nothing. And also one thing I want to ask that. I've got the children. Those children, either the South African or you know that when the refugee gets it by the refugee, they give us different kind of the paper. They say that these are not South Africans. They give it for the children like that. If you say that, like Europe, the child was born in the America, let's say that. They give it stuff for that, that child. It's going to be the American citizen. But in South Africa, they don't give the right document, number, the, the, number two. You know that even if I go to the bank to open account also for me, I'm still struggling. A lot of times, Sakina, I, I, I raise my question. I don't get the right answer still now. Even I go to home and write, I don't get. The, the Fuji is staying in this country more than 12 years with a recognized the purpose. How did, when did he kind of get the right document, like a uh, right document, when did he kind of get? Okay. And those children also, what did they kind of be like that? What is the future of the, those children? Or they must take it back to the, I don't know, for whom do we must, you cannot send a child. You are living in this country. That child was born in this country. He got a proof of that. But they said that this child is not belonging to, he's not a South African citizen. Please, I want to hear from the minister. Minister? Thank you very much, Emmanuel. Um, you know, South Africa hosts a lot of refugees. We are one of the countries in Africa that is uh, that attracts the the largest volumes of asylum seekers and hosts um, uh, large volumes of refugees because of our humanitarian uh, and human rights culture um, and and because of 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 the openness of our society um, and and so a lot of refugees and asylum seekers are attracted to South Africa and they've been living here for many years and I think it's it's something which which we pride ourselves about because it's spoken very glowingly about even in, in, in international forums such as the uh, UN uh, High Commission for Refugees. Now, we, we are working. The, the Deputy Minister who is leading this process of uh, the Asylum Seeker Management Program is working around the clock to ensure that we have um, a, a proper uh, identity card with a 12-digit number for for refugees so that they can be able to uh, exercise their rights in terms of opening bank accounts and and, and such other services in the country. But uh, we we, we are um, working hard to resolve uh, that situation. Now, in in terms of uh, children, I think uh, Mr. Emmanuel would, would agree that, you know, a, a child of a of a, let me say a child of a an Ethiopian cannot be South African. We can't separate the child from the parents in terms of nationality. Every child adopts the nationality of the parents. 
And so what, what they do in America is what they do in America. It's not what we do in South Africa. So in South Africa, quote South African law. South African law says you cannot declare a child South African when the parents are not South African, except if one of the parents is South African. In this case, a child born to two refugees will take the nationality of those parents. If we say this child, because they were born in South Africa, they said they, they must become South African, it would mean that anybody, and, and, and let me just be a bit crude about this, it would mean that pregnant mothers from elsewhere would then come to South Africa to deliver their children in South Africa so that we then assume responsibility for their children. Now, we cannot have that. There has to be order as, 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 um, as, as expected by our immigration legislation in terms of how we manage the conference of, uh, of nationality to foreign nationals living in South Africa. Once we give the child South African nationality, it would mean that unwittingly we've conferred on the parents too South African nationality without them having applied for it. Because mm. the parents will then have to claim the immediate uh, 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 lineage would then have to claim the nationality of, of the child. Okay. And, and so it's something that we cannot do. Once Mr. Emmanuel has applied for permanent residence and even naturalization afterwards, only then would their children also qualify for South African citizenship, except if the mother of Mr. Emmanuel's children is South African. Then the children must and can adopt the nationality of the mother. And I hope that's clear, Emmanuel. Uh, Minister, I'm going to ask you to please take notes. I want to run through a few uh, callers and then uh, we'll get a response from you at the end of all of that. Let's go to Sherry in Cape Town. Sherry, thanks for holding on. Hello, I'm turning from Cape Town. I'm 78 years old. I work with a walking stick. I went to get my smart card the other day and I was met with a situation where, where it's quite clear, it's very inaccessible to get to your offices. You're on the second floor and all I could find was a lift, uh, I mean a, a, a heavy duty lift, which is for goods with a very poor panel. You could hardly read it. Or else I had to use an escalator, which is going very fast. I didn't dare use it. Next to the escalator, there are stairs. Now, that is a great problem to me. And when I got back, I suffered very badly with my leg for several days. I tried to speak to the people in Maynard Moore. They don't answer their telephone. You haven't even got uh, in Maynard Moore an information desk to find out exactly where Home Affairs is. You wander around trying to find it. People direct you this, that, and the other direction. Quite simply, your, your offices may be very modern on the inside, but they are poorly placed when it comes to accessibility. And I have discussed this with other people here. They say the, the thing is not wheelchair-friendly. So I'm suggesting that you really do something about this because elderly people do have to come and get their smart card. They, mm -hmm. have, to com they have to claim benefits from the state. Without it, they won't be able to do that. And they can fail to face this difficult situation just to get there. 
please, will you try and do something about it? All right. Thank you so much, Sherry. And uh, on that smart card ID system, I see a Rose from Pinetown also sends, says I'm over 70 South African citizen born outside South Africa. Please confirm I cannot at present apply for an ID card. We'll come back to that. Let's go to uh, Mangane in Santon. Good morning. Okay, Mangane gone. Nevin in Durban. Hello, Nevin. You got me, yes. Um, uh, you know, I agree with all of the, the very valid reasons for having an unabridged birth certificate, but I have very little faith in homelessness being able to deliver on this thing. We applied uh, for an unabridged birth certificate for my daughter about four years ago, bearing in mind that there wasn't a rush for these things at that particular time. And two years later, after many calls to home affairs, it eventually arrived after my daughter had already turned 18. Now, we've only got seven or eight months left before this comes into effect. How is home affairs going to cope with all of these people that are going to try and apply for unabridged uh, birth certificates in that period of time? If it took them four years ago, it took them two years to get my daughter's one. I want to listen on the radio. Thanks so much, Nevin. Um, Richard in Pretoria. Hi. Hello, Richard. Mr. Minister, what I want to find out is I applied for my DZP permit in 2010, and um, it has expired already on the 1st of of this month. Um, At the same note, in 2013, I applied for my permanent resident status uh, under Section 27G, uh, next of kinship. And um, I've been waiting for the outcome of that status since November last year until now I'm still waiting. What I want to know from the minister, I would find out from the minister is, should I keep on waiting for the outcome of my permanent residence? Um, Because now I'm on the grace period of the 90 days uh, of the DZP extensions. Or should I go back to all my phase and apply for for the extension of my DZP, which is now the the DSP or the, the Zimbabwe Dispensation uh, Program. Should I continue waiting or how long can I wait for the outcome of my permanent residence? Okay. Thanks, Richard. Felix, you're also in Pretoria. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Hi, Felix. Hello. Good morning. We can hear you, Felix. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I submitted for permanent residence in 2011. 2011, uh, June 21, 2011, and at uh, the, the 2013, I got the permanent residence. But my wife has been accompanying me since 2006 on my permit. So we applied for the permanent residence together on 2011. Now they, they approved the permanent residence. I got mine, but my wife owned, I didn't get it. Then I went to the, I asked the officials in the home affairs, what's wrong? Why I didn't get the one for my wife? They said, no, they, they, they didn't enter my wife into the system when they entered the application. So I then asked them, okay, what should I do now? They said, no, they gave me a number, they gave me uh, an email address, they say I should fast all the documents I submitted for my wife with, uh, with my proof of submitting for the permanent residence to the head office. I first to this lady, the lady never responded back to me. I even leave my number, I leave my email address, she never responded. So I went back to Home Affairs, they gave me another lady, they said, scan all your documents, first uh, and send it to email to the lady again. I did, the lady never gave me any reply. The third lady, I did also the same, never gave me any reply. I'm still waiting for my wife's permanent residence. What I want to plead with the minister, please, I want to leave my detail so that I can follow up for me 
my my for the permanent residence for my wife, please. Okay, that's Felix in Pretoria, uh, putting you back to the production team. Abu Bakar in Sati Deep. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Um, the, my history is I was born in India. I've got older brothers and sisters. I've been here all my life from two months old. And I had a uh, ID, uh, a green ID all, all over the years. Uh, all my brothers and sisters are born here in this country, and they're all elder than me, other than, other than one sister which is younger than me. When my mother went away for pilgrimage, she went to India. I was born after pilgrimage, and when I was two months old, she came. She brought me to South Africa. I've been gone to school. I, I had a, a green ID card. Uh, well, it was a South African citizen, but uh, then when I applied for a book of life those years, I got a black, uh, uh, you know, it was called a black ID book. It wasn't barcoded. And then I've been, I'm working. I pay my taxes. I've been given a runaround for the last 15 years. I couldn't get a barcoded ID. Eventually, I forced, and I got one. Then I tried to apply for a uh, citizenship, naturalization. I'm married to a South African. I've got four children. I've got 11 grandchildren. The only time I've been to India when I took my mother uh, for pilgrimage, and I left her there, and she was sickly, and eventually I came back. That's the only time I traveled with a document, a travel document. Now I've got a barcode. I, I did a police clearance three times. I, I'm applying for naturalization. Three times they lost my application. Finally, after five years, I got, then I, I, I went through, I got the insist I need after giving all the documents. I just don't have the passport, or the entry number I came with on my mother. You know, I mean, she, she passed away in 91. Then they tell me, no, I need a, a, from Indian Affairs. They must give me a passport. How can India, Indian Embassy give me a passport? Because I am all my life in South Africa. I'm not even a citizenship. Okay. Fine. No, no, no. Finally, they said, okay, tell them to give, they don't have an objection that I apply for a South African uh, passport. So they gave me a letter, which also was a problem from the Indian Affairs. Finally, I applied this. Then it was a language problem. I filled it in three times. Every time they lose it. Then they tell me, now this Home Affairs one don't work. They need my passport number. I, I've been given a run around and I've got, I got to go to India. I asked them for a travel document because... My father, I inherited something which I can't even get there. I got an uncle that's very sick. Okay. Abu Bakr, I'll, I'll get Minister to respond. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you so much for tuning in. Speaking to the Minister of Home Affairs, uh, Minister Malusi Kikaba, and so much to respond to in so little time. Let me run through some of the SMSs. I went through Rose's one from Pine Town. This one says, I applied for my visa renewal on the 30th of July, but up to this day, I have not received the outcome. I was under the impression that the process took about six weeks. Thank you. And then uh, Chris uh, Pilly and Peter Maritzburg, KZN, says, Morning to you and the Minister. Minister, can you arrange for ex-official marriage officers to be... Uh, attended to ASAP, uh, we have to wait for hours before we are attended to to get a marriage registration done. That's from Chris in Peter Maritzburg. Um, Masilo Mukaba in Makado says, my words of appreciation to Minister Gigaba for the implementation of the strategic plan on control of uh, the in and out of foreigners uh, into our country. That is another better way of dealing with crime. Let our South Africa remain a true haven for everyone
someone who contributes to her economic growth and to her people. Uh, by uh, Gabula says, morning, can I still not exit and re-enter SA using proof of application receipt? Permanent resident takes up to a year to process and I'm stuck, Minister. Uh, Pops in Kronstadt says, Minister, since you took over, your strategic turnover within Home Affairs is highly appreciated and many of those coming through. And uh, Terence in Kimberley says, the department have improved so much in Kimberley and I'm so impressed. And also bouquets for Rodeport, uh, Randburg and uh, Alberton coming through. And why do we have to pay for ID card from Mamba in East London? A few more, Minister Sue says, as a permanent resident, I have always had my permit stamped uh, into my UK passport. Uh, Now I've been advised that this procedure no longer applies and that I have to carry my original permit when traveling. That's from Sue. So, Minister, maybe we should just attend to those because we don't have much time. Um, Thank you very much. And and I must thank all the people who've um, asked us questions. I think um, Niven must have faith. Niven, I, I hope we got your name right. Yes, DHA will cope uh, with the unabridged birth certificate. We, we, as I've said, we are working on a project around this and, and we should have it sorted out so that the people who apply have their unabridged birth certificates issued um, uh, instantly. Um, the, 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 a number of people, those who've applied for uh, visas, those who've applied for permanent residence, Mr. Felix, uh, whose wife's application is uh, pending, I, I think we will take their contact details and, and, and uh, follow that up and communicate directly with them. Um, Mr. Richard, you know, you are a holder of the DZP and you you are you 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 also applied for permanent residence clearly i would like to understand um what were the grounds for for you to apply for permanent residence when you were a holder of the tzp so we would like to follow that up um and 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 mr abubaka uh, i think we would like to follow your case up as well um and 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 those who um um, have applied for a visa we, which has taken more than six weeks. We've we've promised that the turnaround for a visa application will be eight weeks at most. Mm-hmm. You know, not at least at most. And, and so I would like to also get the details so that we can follow um, all of, of all of these issues up. But you know, if you um, um, uh, live in South Africa and 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 have applied for permanent residence. You know the the issues of um, uh, these uh, applications are, are, have been taking long, and that is precisely why we began introducing the visa facilitation centres to assist with um, the processing of applications electronically, so that we can dedicate more resources towards adjudication, so that mm. we can expedite. The, the the granting of deci- the awarding of decisions on the application. I tell you what, Minister, I think we need to uh, set some time aside to just address that particular issue because there Absolutely. are many questions coming through on that. But just quickly for Sue, um, Paul, uh, uh, the uh, permit that was usually stamped into a UK passport, she's now been advised that this procedure no longer applies. And does this mean that she should carry her original permit when uh, travelling? She should. She should until adv- advised otherwise. Uh, but again, I would like to 
get her contact details so that we, 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 we can be able to give a proper advice. I am aware that many of our offices give different types of advices mm. to our clients and, and the, 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 operation, the operating standards uh, 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 the operating procedures are not so standardized. It's one of the issues that I've been raising, and, and, and this leaves many of our clients very confused about what is required of them. So we would like to give a proper advice, and um, if, mm. if we have her contact details, we will contact her and talk to her. Which is why I said please attach as much detail to your SMSs as possible. So Sue, just send us another one quickly before Minister leaves the studio. And of course, unfortunately, we apologize for once again not getting to everybody, but if you need more information Information, please call uh, 0800 It's a toll-free number. Or you can email minister at dha.gov.za. And what we'll do is we'll also uh, put that up on our webpage, www.safm.co.za, and we'll also tweet it uh, for your convenience. With that, thank you so much, Minister Malusiki Kaba, for coming in. The the pleasure was 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 ours. Finally, let me just say quickly: we've got one official at home affairs in 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 White River, Cookie, who has been roundly commended for her good service. I want to thank her. Halala, Cookie. Well done to you.